the energy system has to be carbon neutral. Honestly, that doesn't happen at the flip of a switch. It's about changing the whole system. Being carbon neutral in our operations by 2030 is just one part of that. I'm Nakul Prasad and I work at Siemens Energy. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. How did we change in 2020? And what does 2021 have in store as the nation, we hope, gradually emerges from the pandemic with multiple coronavirus vaccines expected to be available to the masses sometime this year? I'm Andrew Thien, and this is Beat Check with the Oregonian. Up next, reporter Lizzie Acker talks about what she heard from readers about how they've changed in the past year and what small hopes we might have for 2021. Here's our conversation. Lizzie Acker, thanks so much for taking time to talk today. Of course. So by the time people are listening to this, Lizzie, it will be 2021, which is kind of crazy to think about. But um, we're going to look forward a bit. But first, we got to look backwards. How do you think 2020 changed you? Wow, I think 2020 changed me a lot, actually. <laughs> I mean, first, it changed the way I lived my life and also everybody else. It sort of like shrunk my life down to the essential elements, you know, my family, Mm -hmm. my house, where are we getting our food? (laughs) And I think in that way, it it made me a lot more grateful for what I do have. I think I've always felt pretty like, wow, I'm a very lucky person. But uh, this last year has shown me that I'm incredibly lucky. I'm lucky to have a job. I'm lucky to have a family that I love. (laughs) I'm lucky to have a a baby right now instead mm-hmm. of a teenager. Oh my goodness. I just, for people who have teenagers, I just feel for them so much for teenagers. I feel for them so much. Well, that might be a good point to bring in um, some of the reporting you did, both reporting and commentary kind of on this topic. Um, and you also reached out and had people from around the state talk about how they've changed. Let's start with Nathan Corliss. He's a 36-year-old uh, around our age here in Portland. It's made me more observant. With less cars and people about, there's more stillness. I now notice different species of birds. So, <laughs> Lizzie, what what did you think when Nathan submitted that comment about, about the birds? I thought it was kind of beautiful that was one of the first ones that really jumped out at me, honestly. And it seems really true. I think that COVID has made things slow down in some ways, in some distressing ways, like Mm -hmm. is time even passing and then time is passing so quickly also at the same time. But um, my, my world too has gotten smaller. And I think I walk around the same like four blocks almost every day and, and seeing those blocks and really thinking about them in a way that I haven't before, you know, is really interesting. Let's listen to another uh, Oregonian. This is Laura Moulton, a 50-year-old here in Portland. For me, the pandemic has boiled everything down to its essence. What I thought mattered, what I believed was essential, and what I spent my time doing. My daughter, who is 13, recently said, isn't it crazy to be living inside a future history lesson? And I agreed. The biggest change I see in myself is an awareness of the ways I've been lucky in my life and a renewed sense of obligation to continue working on behalf of those who are struggling during this time. Okay, so Laura is a parent of a teenager. That's something that 
we talked about earlier that is a different set of challenges from what we're facing. Yeah. I mean, having a teenager right now seems like about the worst case scenario. (laughs) I think of being a teenager and I think of like them every single day is a year in terms of like the things that happen to you and the drama and the, you know, I, I always think about how in, in high school or middle school, someone sitting next to you at lunch can be a life altering event or, you know, I, I, I remember in eighth grade math when this one boy sat next to me, it was like such a big deal in my life. (laughs) And I feel sorry for these kids who are missing that sort of drama that creates your identity and tells you who you are. And let's listen to one more uh, voice. This is Avon Hall, a 59-year-old from Yahats, and a, kind of a, a touching story. My life is either that of a hermit as I stay home most of the time, or when I absolutely must be in public, hazmat, where I wear my Moldex 8000 respirator, my lab gloves, and my glasses to protect myself. I did meet my new sweetheart at Market of Choice in Eugene back in September while dressed in full hazmat. It was like a masquerade because he was wearing a surgical mask and I was behind him and I recognized him from the back by his hair and his walk. We worked together for about seven years, many years past, and saw each other once in a while. When I said, Adam, is that you? He turned and was shocked to see me like that. He wasn't sure who I was, but he said, Yvonne, is that you? I told him I had moved to Yahats and I was alone. So we exchanged numbers and it later was clear that he too was alone. We now have the beginning of a blossoming relationship to look forward to instead of navigating the cold, dark winter alone. Okay, Lizzie. So there are glimmers of hope amid this year and Yvonne Hall's story is one of them. Absolutely. I think Yvonne isn't the only person I've heard from who's found love. I interviewed China Forbes from Pink Martini on my show earlier this year, and she Mm -hmm. also has found love. And I think that for some people, this is a really clarifying moment. Actually, a lot of people, you know, it's you have to say what you want and what you need and make it clear. There's there's not really any uh, pussyfooting around, I guess. Um, I'm glad you mentioned your show. I wanted to ask you some of the perspectives that you heard from uh, some of the people that you've talked to on at home with the Oregonian, your podcast and video series. But are there any other um, submissions, things that will stick with you from your reporting on how this year has changed us? Any other anecdotes you would want to share? Yeah, one of the stories that really stuck with me was a woman named Michelle, um, who's Vietnamese and close to our age. And she talked about um, feeling fear leaving her house and some incidents of racism that happened to her and her young daughter. And um, that is a really, I think, extra, well, there's so many dark sides to this pandemic, but um I don't want to forget about that one, that there was a lot of racism, especially at the beginning. But yeah, I I was going to say, was, was, was her perspective from the beginning or just throughout? Um, I think it might've happened closer to the beginning, but, but it, it changed the way she felt about Portland, you know? And I understand that, that she says 
you know, after these things happened, she didn't want to leave her house for months. And um, she's much more careful now when she takes her kids out for walks. And she says, I'm not sure I will feel completely safe again. And mm. that's really heartbreaking, I think. That is. Um, well, this might be uh, a logical point to talk about mental health. Uh, you've, you've done a lot mm -hmm. of reporting on mental health during uh, during the past year, back in 2020. Um, yeah. What have you learned about ways that we can safely cope with this strange time that we're living in? Well, you know, it's interesting. I thought, I think a lot of the advice ended up being similar. And especially, you know, if, if you're not in a situation where you're experiencing like acute depression, but if you're feeling sad, feeling lonely, some of the best advice I got, I think, and it's worked for me really, truly is move your body <laughs> and exercise. Um, it's just such a good way to change the way you're feeling. And, you know, I think sometimes taking care of your body, drinking water, even, you know, just like taking care of these, these needs, these basic needs can help you make other things easier to cope with. And then another one, and I clearly am like working on this myself, because I said it earlier, is figuring out the things you feel grateful for and, and just even saying them out loud and really expressing them can change change the way you're experiencing these events. You know, if I think the stories that you tell ourselves about ourselves are really important. So if the story you're telling yourself is a somewhat positive one, or at least focused on some positive elements, it's a lot easier to get through these things. When you're telling yourself it's a total nightmare, it is a total nightmare. So verbalizing it, um, kind of speaking it into existence uh, can, yeah. can be a powerful thing. Yeah, focusing on some of those really good things like getting to spend time with your family. Obviously, you know, this is really hard and everyone is struggling and some people are, I mean, some, this has been an unequal yeah. pandemic. So some people are struggling in ways that are much worse, but people yeah. are very resilient human beings have gone through a lot of really horrible stuff. Let's go back to your, to your show a little bit. Um, you've talked to a bunch of Portlanders or uh, expats, <laughs> ex-Portlanders <laughs> who um, live around the country, work in creative fields and have been stuck at home. Like uh, much of us have been um, what sticks with you. I mean, how have these creative folks adapted? Um, or, are there any stories that stick out to you from people you talk to? Yeah, well, I think, you know, mostly everyone I talked to was really at home. And it's funny because I started the show in like May. And at the time I was like, this isn't going to go on for very long. <laughs> at this point, it's like, oh, yeah, it's still it's still going on. I think China Forbes was a really interesting one to talk to. She's a touring musician. So she mm -hmm. is not touring for the first time in a long time. And like I said, that has led to her like being able to find love and be with somebody in a way that she couldn't before. Um, and I think a lot of people have also started new projects. Uh, Cheryl Strayed has relaunched Dear Sugar, which is like an advice column, a really personal advice column. And she, um, it's kind of perfect for this time because we all, we all need a lot of advice. There's so many things that have happened this year and big things. Yeah. I think 
I think it's hard to really comprehend how big this year has been. Uh, last year was, should I say? And, last year. And, <laughs> and Cheryl Strayed, of course, is the um, author of the wildly successful uh, Wild. Exactly. Yeah. And she's really great. <laughs> that's that's say. a bonus too um and she's a portlander uh, and she's a portlander so lizzie uh calendar years are such a <laughs> you know it, it feels arbitrary big. yeah they're so arbitrary <laughs> but it, it feels important and this probably more than than any but you know let's put yeah. some caveats out there that we're not gonna make any predictions about you know specific dates on when we're being vaccinated or things of that nature but you know, on an elemental level, um, what which day the Blazers are going to win the championship? <laughs> exactly. We're not going to make a specific prediction on which day that will happen. <clears throat> yes, um, we can talk about that <laughs> later. Um, okay. But what um, what are some simple things that you hope to accomplish or do or uh, pursue this year? Well, personally, I hope that. At some point this year, I get to get vaccinated against COVID-19 um, and that enough people are vaccinated that I can send my child to daycare uh, and, I don't know, maybe see the faces of some of my coworkers again in real life. And uh, just the other day, I suddenly was like, yeah, I missed the office. I'd like to go back yeah. there. <laughs> um, really also hope that I kind of maintain some of the the good habits that I developed during this because I think I was so forced to do some things like exercise every day, uh, cook more, eat out less. Obviously I, I also want to go out and eat so badly and maybe like even go to a bar or something and get a drink with a friend. I don't know if you can do that with a baby. I mean, the thing is it's so weird. I've only really, been a parent during this pandemic, except for a few months before. So it's hard for me to know what being a parent in the normal world is yeah. like. And I'm I'm sure that that will be an interesting process for me. Like, I'm so excited about the idea of sending my kid to childcare. On the other hand, it's like devastating to think about being away from her for 45 minutes. So I don't know what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I know I will do it. You know, yeah, but, you know, really, I hope vaccines. Vaccines. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what the timeline is on that. I mean, I, mm -hmm. speaking for myself, I, I, I know talking to my wife, we're bro both committed to being more, I, w I wouldn't say spontaneous. We're not really spontaneous people, but just... It's hard with um, two kids, too. Yeah, with two small ones, but just to be, you know, we're going to go on that hike and, you know, yeah. <laughs> damn the consequences for what it means right. for the map or whatever. That's a good idea, yeah. I'm going to have a little bit no more no reservations type of attitude because it's hard when oh. you're living yeah. uh in if not outright fear just caution you know you're in right. perpetual ca caution mode yeah i hope we can appreciate too the like i mean i just started reading books again as crazy as that sounds i like got really into books again after like uh, like basically two years of being, reading maybe one book in the last mm -hmm. month i've read four books I'm like, oh, I love books. And then I was just like, you know, it'd be great to be sitting on the bus reading this book and have nothing else I have to do. But like, I have to I have to read a book because I'm commuting to work right now. And I, I hope that I like enjoy the bus. I miss the bus. 
I hope we get to ride the bus again. <laughs> um, a lot of people are are still riding buses right now, but I, I guess we're That's speaking yeah. from the work from home crowd. Lizzie, thanks so much for sharing your reporting from 2020 and your thoughts on, on this year. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Beat Check with the Oregonian, as we recorded dozens of episodes from my basement throughout 2020. If you like the show, leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, or tell a friend. It helps others find the program. And consider supporting our journalism directly with a subscription to The Oregonian and Oregon Live by visiting OregonLive.com slash pod support. Until next time. 